and welcome back to the Dishes and Dimes podcast, episode 18. Uh, coming at you with a solo episode. Um, today we talk about the All-Star teams and uh, because they just dropped yesterday, I'm recording this on Friday the 31st. Um, coming off of a really tough week for the NBA and not, I mean, not just the NBA, but the entire world losing an icon, a legend, an amazing individual and Kobe Bryant and eight others, including his daughter, Gianna, um, a baseball coach from Orange County, his wife, his daughter, another coach of the Mambas that Kobe coaches and the team that Gianna is a part of, um, her daughter as well. I mean, just so many people, so many great people lost and it was really hard to, I mean, it it hasn't even gone to the point where me and I mean, as well as a lot of other people, I mean, can really accept the fact that we've lost this one individual that I mean, not, you know, it's really hard to talk about Kobe. Um, and this whole week we've seen pretty much everything um, honoring him, his daughter, and everyone else in the crash um, that happened on Sunday morning. I remember, actually, I mean, obviously I remember it was only five days ago, but I was on my way back um, from a weekend trip and I was taking a nap on the car ride back and I woke up from a nap and obviously, yeah, I checked my phone um, and I I see the notification from, you know, Bleacher Report and um, I get a lot of texts. And it's, it says Kobe Bryant has died. And I, I my body was numb. Like I, I, I didn't really understand. I, I was just in denial. Like it, it's not Kobe Bryant. And it was confirmed. It was in a helicopter crash, Calabasas. Uh, most likely on the way. But at, at that point, it was around 12 p.m. that I got the news. And they, you know, they at first it was like five other people in the crash and no survivors. It was hard to, I mean, I, I didn't know what to feel. I The first reaction I had was, is it really him? Who were the other people in the crash? I I saw the rumors that there was also Rick Fox and um, there was no telling, um, there was no confirmation that, you know, one of his family members were on the, on the helicopter as well. And, you know, I was wondering who else was on it. And there was a point where I, I was talking to my friends and other people and there was a point where we believed that. You know, if it was Kobe and he 
he wouldn't be flying alone. Like he had to have someone, other people with him. And at that point, my mind just started to race. At like, was Vanessa with him? Was, was his four daughters with him? Like, and to find out that there was, at the end of the day, there was eight other people involved in the crash um, with the pilot and, you know, the family from OC, the baseball coach and, you know, his wife and, and then Gianna was nothing, nothing short of heartbreaking. And um, I have a podcast actually um, in the works um, being recorded probably on Monday to talk about, you know, um, what Kobe meant to me and what he meant to the NBA, what he meant to the world. And that's a more in-depth podcast episode talking about it and that'll be released next week um but it it is hard to really just think about it because i mean i i've seen i've listened to so many podcasts and and watched so many videos and read a lot of articles this week and you know a lot of the writers and people talking about kobe bryant was um very much on a personal level like they in, in the sense that they all had uh, personal relationships with him, um, like Howard Beck, um, a lot of the Shaq stuff. And uh, I was watching the special on TNT on Tuesday with Derek Fisher and Rick Fox and um, a lot of the NBA players who have relationships with him and people looked up to him. And, you know, it's, and I haven't been able to really talk about it in depth with people um, that I know, you know, because as a regular person out there, uh, we don't get those types of relationships with um, big stars. And it hurts everyone in the same way because no matter if you knew him or not you had some sort of mental emotional um, connection with Kobe and a lot of his career he created that and he wanted that and he he understood the effect he had on people and he wasn't going to change for anyone he wasn't going to try to please people in terms of doing stuff that they want things to be done. And he did his career the way he wanted to. And he raised his family the way he wanted to. And he just went about his business like, you know, nothing can stop him. And that was a mama mentality. And that was who he was as a person. And he... At the end of the day, he was just bigger than basketball, bigger than life. He was the city of LA. He was what basketball can do for a person, a community, a city, the world. I mean, a lot of thoughts come into my head thinking about Kobe Bryant and losing him and his daughter and everyone else um, in the car crash. And 
the thing that really kind of hurt me the most, not hurt, I mean, the thing that really just kind of crushes my heart is um, learning that Gigi was also on the helicopter as well. I mean, anyone passing away in such a tragic way is heartbreaking. And because Gigi was, I mean, I, I, fo I follow um, Vanessa Bryant, um, his wife on Instagram, and I, I love seeing the videos of like her um, at her games um, the oldest daughter that plays, vo plays volleyball and Gigi's the only one that plays basketball. Right. And so I recently just watched, um, the off, um, all the smoke podcast with Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson. They had Kobe Bryant, um, on their pod just a couple weeks ago. And they were talking about, or Kobe was talking about how he wasn't, as much as we saw him in the media and, you know, winning an Oscar for his, um, his short film and saw him, you know, maybe, uh, in the media and other basketball games recently this year and a little bit maybe of last year, but he's, I mean, he said himself, like he did not pay attention to the NBA after he, he retired he focused his time on a lot of different things. I know he had like the show, the detailed show he had on ESPN plus, and he was putting out content that he wanted to put out. He was not going to be a radio guy or a TV guy. Um, he was not going to be uh, courtside for the Lakers every single home game. He was going to do his retirement the way he wanted to do it. And that was to be a father and to be um, a hardworking individual in whatever he put his mind to. And that's what he did. And the saddest thing is that he said that he was not into basketball. He, he barely watched it. And it was only because of Gianna wanting to play basketball that he started to watch it again. They would watch a lot of the games every night. Her daughter's really into watching basketball. She plays and she's really good um, on her AAU team. And knowing that and knowing how much Kobe wanted to be there for his family and his daughters, is it's it's heartbreaking. And um more to come for that next podcast that's being recorded, and we'll go over, you know, our favorite memories and the legacy he left and just what an amazing individual he was and I'm it is nice to know that so many other people other teams other um just everyone in the world is saddened and paying their respects to an amazing individual and all condolences uh, to the Brian family and uh the other families and individuals that were on the helicopter crash but um, it's nice to know that, you know, moving on, I guess, the All-Star 
um, game. Everyone will be wearing um, two and, or I'm sorry, two for Gigi and 24 uh, for Kobe. Uh, team Giannis will be uh, wearing 24 and LeBron's team will be wearing uh, number two. And so that's really nice to see. And um, also with the um, the Kobe tributes all week long, um, and it's going to continue on um, in the All-Star Game uh, format uh, with each quarter um, will be played for charity. And it is really interesting. And it's nice to know that like this, this is all being done. And yes, it probably wouldn't have been done if, I mean... Kobe didn't pass away, but it is really nice to see that everything's being changed and it's going to be a very emotional rest of the season. It's going to be um, a really emotional time for the NBA for a little while now. And as, as depressing and sad as this is, it, it is good to see how the family aspect of the NBA and the family aspect of just the community of LA and everyone kind of in the basketball world, um, uniting and all sports, all medias, he losing him was so huge for lack of a better word. I mean, there's no really other words to describe it. Um, but yeah, more to come on that. Um, I'll have a guest with me on for the next podcast talking about Kobe Bryant because, um, you know, as as basketball fans, we just, it's still hard to just accept that he's gone. So tonight the Lakers actually are playing. They were, um, they were supposed to play on Tuesday against the Clippers in Staples and that was just too short of a time to, I don't even know if today is even enough time. I mean only about five days with so many other NBA games going on and so many other things going on. And, you know, I'm anticipating a very, very emotional night. I don't think a lot of the players will, um, you know, play to their peaks tonight. There's just a lot of things in the minds of so many people um, and the least thing, the last thing they care about is, you know, winning a basketball game tonight. And we hope that tonight will be um, a good and thoughtful night for the Lakers. And, you know, even it's, it, I mean, it took a couple of days for, you know, Jeannie Buss and Palinka and, the whole Lakers organization, it took him a couple of days to even put out a statement. Um, the people that were most close to him, and it's really tough. But, yeah, more to come on that. It's just really hard to take, for us basketball fans, it's really hard to take our minds off of that. But um, it's nice to know that the All-Star game will be honoring Kobe, and for the rest of the season, a lot of things will be honoring Kobe, and, and I love that um, because he deserves everything. Um that we're doing uh, to honor him. But to move on, I know this was supposed to be a little short um, 
episode. So All Star Rosters came out yesterday. The rest of the you know reserves, and a lot of talk is um about the snubs. I mean, every year we go through this, right? So the reserves come out, and there are a couple people that are snubbed. Uh, I know Damian Lillard used to be snubbed a lot. Uh, now it's more of like a excuse me, Devin Booker. Um, Bradley Beal is this year. So those are the two guys, and there's a lot of stats to prove that they were putting up all star numbers, but the record didn't their team record didn't show that, you know, that their stats or their production was leading to wins. And Booker averaging 27, Beal averaging almost 29, he was averaging 28.6. Are the only players to average 27 points per game and not make the all-star team in the last 35 years. And that kind of brings into question when you, I tweeted yesterday that I was not disappointed. Um, I don't feel um, too much regret with the all-star reserves this year. Uh, but just, I think looking back on it again and kind of reevaluating our definition of an all-star I might change my mind. I'm, I mean, I I think I do change my mind because... So let's look at this Easter Conference and then we'll go through the Western Conference. We'll talk about the All-Star um, list for, for for all of them. Um, Eastern Conference, the starters were Kemba, Trey Young, Giannis, Pascal Siakam. Pascal Siakam. Um, Pascal Siakam. Sorry. Uh, Joel Embiid. Uh, I didn't really like Trey Young as a starter. I mean, he was putting up tremendous numbers. He individually, he was great. I just didn't believe he deserved to be a starter on what is probably the second worst team in the NBA. Um, they are 12 and, oh, they're 13 and 36. They beat the Sixers last night. They're the second worst team in the league, tying with the record with the Cavaliers. And I don't know if it's the jump he made or the fan voting or whatever, but he became an, a starter. And I would have liked to see Jimmy Butler be a starter because, but he was only listed as a forward. Um, I do agree with everyone else on this list I thought Ben Simmons probably could have been a starter with the way he's been playing lately without Joel I mean Joel just came back this week but the way he was playing with Joel I mean without Joel on the court was was really good and some of these guys they really need to be listed as a guard or forward like Jimmy Butler could be a guard or forward he's a two or a three Ben Simmons could have been a guard or a forward, whichever. I know he starts a point guard, but he um, can be a power forward. He could be, honestly, he could be a center. Um, and, you know, when you think about Bradley Beal's stats, let's pull them up right now. Averaging 28, 
Let's see here. 28, 4, and 6 on a team that is 11th in the East. I mean, so they're, I mean, their team is better than the Hawks. He's putting up around the same numbers as Trey Young, and yet he didn't even make the All Star team at all. And so, I mean, I understand that record does play into it, but when you have Trey Young as a starter, it is it is hard to like what is valued more um, for All Star games. And I know the the league has been trending in a way for a little while now that you know best player. Uh, best team wins wins MVP. That's why um, Giannis won it over Harden, even though Harden had the crazy numbers last year, averaging like 40 points a game for a good amount of time. There are some outliers, like, of course, Westbrook averaging triple-double that year. Um, a lot of narrative is in it. So... A lot of the coaches probably didn't put Bradley Beal on the team because of the way his team was playing. Um, same with Zach Levine. Zach Levine, uh, the Bulls are ninth in ninth in the East, and he was putting up all-star numbers as well. Individually, he was being he was great. So, I understand the kind of reaction we all have to Bradley Beal not making it as well as Devin Booker as well, because Devin Booker and the Suns were playing really well. Remember those first five to 10 games, and then they kind of just sputtered off and became what the Suns usually are every year as mediocre and Devin Booker kind of having the good stats, bad team persona or vibe, you know, for the last two to three years, we all knew he was good. He was gonna be an all-star someday just not yet again and I mean the the league is trending in a way where it is best player best team type I remember the year where the Hawks <laughs> their uh, the Hawks um had that great year and they had like Jeff Teague Kyle Korver Millsap and Horford I think all four of them we're in the all-star team, if I'm not mistaken. 2015 NBA East All-Stars. I'm looking it up right now. But, you know, there, there are these... I think there's just this per, uh, perception that all-stars should be translated by wins. And let's see. Okay. East. Yeah, Al Horford, Paul Millsap, Jeff Teague, and Kyle Corver made it. And I remember remember that that week in like January where the all the whole starting lineup won player of of the week for the East, which is like or player of the month? Players of the month? Something like that. But I think ever since around that time, you know, Steph Curry winning MVP in 2015. There were also other people that were I'm pretty up there like LeBron and Harden, but because the Warriors had this like massive rise to to first in the West and 67 and 15, um, they pretty much had to give, I mean, Curry averaged like, I think like 23 points or 24 points and 
the seven assists, something like that. I mean, not like crazy, crazy numbers, but just really good numbers on a very, very good team. And I, I could agree that Bradley Beal could have replaced, um, probably like Kyle Lowry, uh, Middleton. I mean, Middleton just dropped fifty-one points, uh, like a couple days ago. So it is hard to judge it. Um, I liked Beal's answer uh, when it, when he was interviewed that like you know it's disrespectful, but I'm gonna keep competing. Um, bring my team to the playoffs because at the end of the day yeah the all-star game is nice and you get the whole thing with you know playing with other other great players and you get to show up and show out and you get this whole experience of being an all-star and, and I mean Bradley Beal will be back it's not like he has never made it before and I mean he's a great player and Hopefully he gets to prove him wrong. Like I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan of him. Um, but going through these reserves, Bam Adebayo, I thought was well deserved. Maybe I'm just being biased. I love Bam Adebayo. The Heat are really good this year defensively. They're great. And Jimmy Butler's reserve, Jason Tatum, first All Star appearance. I thought he was probably the most consistent Celtic. Um, for that for this first half or so of the season, Kyle Lowry made it. He missed some games though, so that's one thing to think about. And then we got Ben Simmons, who again was playing really well when Embiid was on the court, and then Sabonis, who's actually quietly having a great season. I mean. I thought someone from the Pacers should have made it. I mean, they're fifth in the East without Oladipo. And someone had to make it. Either Brogdon or Sabonis, one of them had to make it. They, it, He doesn't scream all-star, but like he's played almost every game. He was averaging 18 and 13, uh, almost five assists. And I mean, he was quietly having a really, really good year. So, I think he deserves it. And it just makes it easier to put him in because he's on a good team and they're fifth in the East and they're playing way better than we all expected them to. And then there's the Bucks with Chris Middleton who has been solid all year, just never really making enough noise and finally did it this week and That's how the league has been trending, and it's 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 hard it's hard to see it kind of change. Um, but it would would have been nice to see Bradley Beal and Devin Booker because when you look at the Western, I mean the West, the West is always so hard in terms of guards. When, I mean, even Damon Lillard had a hard time making it with Steph and Chris Paul and Clay and Harden and Westbrook. I mean, those are like five, six guards that are perennial all-stars. And it was hard for Dingler to make it some years because some guys are just having really, really good years. And now it's even harder with Luka being in the league now and Donovan Mitchell rising and, you know, Kawhi Leonard is is back in the West and 
um, Braun is going to take a spot. So like, it's tough. You would have liked to see um, Devin Booker probably make it over Donovan Mitchell. But at the same time, like the, I'm sorry, the, the jazz, (laughs) I forgot the jazz have been playing really well. And, you know, they're playing without uh, Mike Conley and a lot of the load has been on Donovan Mitchell to score and kind of carry his team offensively and he's done it. And so he deserves to be there and huge fan of Donovan Mitchell. Um, Great to see him in the all-star game. And so a lot of these guys do deserve to be in the all-star game. It's just that you have only 12 roster spots and there's always going to be a couple people out of the, out of the team. I mean, Brandon Ingram was a late, probably late person being added to the all-star team. He, he was having an incredible last couple, like two months or so um, from the Pelicans being really bad to now being somewhat relevant. And I mean, a lot of these guys just make you because of their name. Um, Chris Paul was seen to make it, but he made it. But he's had a really, really good season on the Thunder. And they're, they're surging in the West. I mean, they're seventh now. And they're playing really well. And so a lot of these guys are just, they make it because their teams are good. But... At the same time, like they're good because they're just good players. And it, it's hard to kind of value something else when the league has been trending in a way where it kind of goes away from that. So guys like Devin Booker, Zach Levine, Bradley Beal, um, Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, let's see who else. Carl Anthony Towns. He's, I mean, he's missed games. Uh, John Moran has been in the media so much and he's been playing really well, but you know, there's just so many guards out there that deserve it. And you hope that um, these guys make it next year because you know, they deserve it, but that's how it is. And that's how it's really going to be. So Let's move on to... Okay, so I saw the Rising Stars rosters this year. I mean, this morning. And there are just some guys that like... I Let's look at the world team, right? So, Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Cool. DeAndre Ayton. He missed 25 games. But, I mean, he was number one pick last year so he has to come back all the the top picks from like the year previous always have to come back uh rg barrett brandon clark all deserve luca shea sga rui hachimura who's was injured for a little bit um was having an oak is having good season with the wizards and he's japanese so that's really cool um sfi makailu um who's been coming on a little bit lately but then Josh Kogi, then Mo Wagner made it. I mean, I don't really know who else I can name out there that would replace these guys, but 
There's got to be, I mean, there's got to be someone. There's got to be someone to replace Mo Wagner. I mean, come on. Really? Really? The USA team is fine. I would rather have Michael Carter Jr. Michael Carter Jr. Michael Porter Jr. Excuse me. Michael Porter Jr. instead of PJ Washington. But that's just me. I mean, Michael Porter came... Came on, you know, later in the season. PJ Washington has been playing pretty well for the Hornets. Um, so that's fine. Uh, but Team USA, it's okay. I love Tyler Harrow. I love Devontae Graham. I uh, love Jaron Jackson. John Moran's going to be fun. I mean, USA looks like they're just going to run Team World out the gym. But I can also see Luka just having an amazing, or Shea, just having crazy games. So you never know. Um, back to the all-star teams it is hard to kind of gauge how well or how deserving a player is to see these bad team good stat guys make it is if coaches and media starts voting for players for, for them like the fans will always put in votes the fans will always I mean, we've seen that fan voting is shouldn't I mean should not be valued too much because I mean for a good amount of the voting there was Alex Caruso and Taco Fall being like the top five or top six vote getters and it's like okay if you're if you're gonna give a lot of weight to fan voting then these guys are gonna end up making it and so like you can't have that and so it's really just up to the media and coaches if they value the individual stats more than the team success and the last couple of years it's been team success over everything so it's really not surprising to see them snubbed as unfortunate as it is that's just how it's gonna be um, so really excited for the all-star game really excited for all-star weekend it is a new fresh a new fresh type of um type of weekend i think there's a lot of new guys um it's nice to see i mean let i mean let's be real uh, as as devin booker if clay and steph were healthy and playing well then there was no way devin booker was going to make it to the all-star team let's be real um, that's just me, <laughs> but I think I'm excited. I'm excited to see Mitchell and Ingram, um, in the all-star game for the first time. I'm excited to see Pascal, not too excited to see Trey Young. Maybe I'm just a Trey Young hater. I'm sorry. Um, that's pretty much, oh, I'm excited to, not excited to see Bam. I think Bam's going to have some really cool lobs, um, in the all-star game. Uh, Aaron Gordon just announced to be um, he was going to be part of the dunk contest again so that's really cool hopefully Zach Levine can at least do something in I mean the all-star game all-star weekend is in Chicago hopefully he gets to be in the dunk contest maybe he's like you know what I'm gonna I'm a show out because Aaron Gordon's back and they'll have another duel like in 2016 which is really really cool but really excited for the all-star game all-star weekend a lot of new fresh faces and it is something great to be excited for the NBA with with all things going on and 
all the grieving and the loss that everyone is, is experiencing this week and the next couple of weeks with Kobe Bryant. And today's going to be a very emotional day in Staples. And again, condolences to the Bryant family and the other families that were involved. And looking forward to do that Kobe episode coming up soon. So I guess that's all the time and the things we need to talk about today. So until next time, thanks for tuning in to this to the Dishes and Dimes podcast. See you next time. Goodbye, everybody.